every time I start talking to somebody, they start talking and I go, I, I never thought of that. <laughs> I'm just doing this because I want to learn. Um, so when I asked you about podcasting, it didn't take us but two sentences to get deep into listening, both as the like, why, what is it about podcasting? Why is Cato like podcasts? How did, you know, what does Cato really think about podcasting? And, and listening is the thing that you went to really quick. I'm wondering, um, so you started, I'm going to say your big podcasting journey really started with being a consumer of podcasts, being a connoisseur of podcasts. And can you take me through, um, at some point that has to become like you have to become aware of that. At some point, you're just listening to podcasts. I love it. And then some point you're like, you know what? I'm actually getting really good at analyzing or thinking about or making decisions like, man, this podcast isn't for me. This one is for me. Do you remember when you started to become aware that you're deploying your analytical skills to what you were listening to? Well, and at first the content I was listening to was like about pop culture or entertainment. I work in the entertainment field as far as theater and things. So that tended to be the thing that brought me in. Uh, and then just finding out the depth of things that were available <laughs> that people love and they talk about on their podcast. And we started discovering one that really changed up what we were listening to. My partner and I, we, uh, the history of English podcasts. And it is kind of a very straightforward, he's got this little theme song that plays at the very beginning that is like from, it's like an 8-bit kind of song. It It's very old school and he loves English language and he goes deep and it's, he just, the more he did it, the more you could tell this is love and, and that idea of bringing this passion forward of this one guy talking with his passion and then it leads to other things. Like he started making books, he became this expert and brought places. and looking at how you can take this thing you love and start bringing it to people that you could never imagine. Mm -hmm. And what does that do in this media? And it was, you know, if you could get a microphone and start messing around with it, you can put forward a podcast. And I was fascinated by that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, just hearing what people love and then being able to share that also through social media. So I find a podcast that I think is dynamite and I, find people that I think should also listen to it. And I send them the Ooh, link the connections, yeah. and we start talking about some of the things that it'll drive conversation in some of my art circles or whoever I'm sharing these things with. Uh, it's, it's just a pretty cool form. And it's something that I could do when I was walking my dogs or doing housework, which is, or if I'm doing chores. Uh, mm -hmm. In fact, I get some things done around my house extra. Cause it's like, Oh, I want to start listening to some podcasts. I'm going to go recycle boxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go clean. Right? <laughs> the only time we ever self-start on that, right? Um, you, you know, when you, when you mentioned the idea of sharing with other people, um, I think most people who are podcasters, of course, might first think about sharing their own stuff. But I think the average person would think of that when you say podcast plus sharing, they think of sharing some episode that they discovered. Um, and my mind flashed to, uh, do you know who Hugh McLeod is? The guy from Gaping Void started drawing yes. little cartoons on business cards, right? Okay. So, um, side note, if you don't know who Hugh McLeod is, go to, um, Gaping Void, G-A-P-I-N-G void.com. Um, wonderful long backstory about the guy and marketing and blah, blah, blah. But one of the things that he talks about comes up multiple times over the years is the idea of social objects. He likes to talk among many other things 
how people don't just get together and talk. They talk about something like there's, you know, there's a, a thing in the middle of the room. And when you said, I love to share podcasts with other people to find people who would enjoy it, to make that connection that we end up talking about it. Then I take it. I'm just like, yeah, you're, you're, and I, I realize now, oh, I'm doing it too. That I'm, I'm seeing the artifact, not just so much, not just solely as how awesome it is, but also in what it would enable me to do if I shared it with other people. Like, yes, this diamond is cool, but like, if I make it a talking piece between me and Cato, then we can have a conversation that we might not have ever gotten around to having before. <laughs> and then my brain just went meta, like, hey, guess what I'm doing with this show? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so have you have you really thought about um, yeah, geeks in the geeks geeking out over podcasting? Um, yeah. So was there a question there? No, there wasn't really a question there. <laughs> well, there, there, well, then, but there is the part that bridged for me from I love podcasts. I've been paying attention to them for a couple of years, and I've been hearing good ones and NPR and in their production values and what they do, and that, but also hearing these homemade ones like the the history of English guy or any of these other um, little tiny podcast things I was finding yeah, that doing out of passion and putting together, organizing their thoughts. And so I was asked a, a, a nonprofit theater group that I work with over the years said, Oh, we've got this little pocket of money. We need to spend it in the next three months um, because their fiscal year would be ending. And is there a project you would love to do and do it with, with our group? And I, I, I know that they thought I was going to want to put together some kind of show or we we're going to do a writing class or something. And I said, I want to learn how to make a podcast. <laughs> 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 and so I found a podcast that was all about how to make podcasts. And we started listening to it. Well, I remember it was snowing because I was shoveling snow while I was doing these lessons in my ears about like how to, how to make, start your own podcast and where to start. And, um, and a couple of things to begin with. And I would learn just enough to then help guide their five or six yeah. people from the group who had signed up to also learn. And we were learning together and I was trying to tell them, you know, I'm, I'm learning just enough to be able to come in and lead today's workshop. <laughs> Only two <laughs> minutes ahead of you. Right. <laughs> and, and we did make a podcast and we launched it and uh, we, I think we did four episodes. Uh, it was either four or five episodes and we learned a ton of things. We made a lot of mistakes, but we also like our little theme song that we put together was great. And we started learning microphone skills. And I realized that a lot of things that I had learned about singing in performance, because you have to have body mics sometimes, or you have to be aware of where microphones are on the stage. If you're not wearing them, um, all these things I had learned about being a performer were helpful with mic skills. Uh, like being aware of breath and being able to hear it because you don't want to breathe into a microphone and, and things. <laughs> so that, that stuff was useful. Um, also my ear for stage and rhythm and, and all, and my editing work in film, I directed a few short films and had learned to edit for that. Uh, and that is very much soundscape is so much of what sells a film. It also soundscapes in plays, which you might not be yes. aware of, but a lot of people come to see my plays and they realize that it's also a hearing experience as well as, a, as well as the Visual content line. of what's being said that I work with actors to fold in how the soundscape, then they're doing a lot of it with their bodies. And sometimes we're putting things through, through speakers or, or in effects that way. But a lot of times it's also just orchestrating how their feet sound on certain surfaces and making that part of the characterization of what we're, putting together because there's an emotional flow to how things sound. And I've been working on that in my work as a playwright 
for about two decades, that rhythm and sounds will convey a message. And it can be contrary to what the actual content, the words we're hearing, but the, the emotional content is in this other rhythm scape and soundscape that can be separate from the, what a word means. It's about what it, what it sounds like yes. and how the words come together. And how you can chop language and break language and begin making emotional sense in a way that when it, even when things don't make um, cognitive sense, like <laughs> the sentence structure, yes. but Different there's this whole other yes. understanding. Yes, 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 yes. And so I have that awareness that I'd been cultivating for uh, a couple of decades as a playwright that when you're only listening and you're isolated and it's only the, the words that are coming at you, uh, what those things start to mean. Hmm. And so I, I bring that to both when I'm listening to podcasts and how I am interacting with them just emotionally when it's in, cause it's in my ears. It's very, it's an intimate relationship. Yeah. It's like this, it's almost like the little voice in my head. It's very close <laughs> to that other, than, but you know, it's, it's someone else's voice and thoughts or whatever they're creating with this scape soundscape that, that moves through that. Yeah. So I, but I got paid to make this podcast with people and we made it. And then after that, um, I decided I wanted to get better at understanding. I now had a little view of all the things I didn't know yet. Mm, so I thought yes. I'd go learn more because I enjoy learning things. And, and I know I can apply it to my work in some way, whether it's going to be making a podcast or doing some other kind of audio project, because what COVID has done <laughs> is close to <laughs> We are all audio producers. Uh. <laughs> right. And I knew all kinds of things in the process to help a lot of my playwright friends be able to do readings through Zoom and do other things because I knew some basics about setting up audio because of taking three podcasting courses <laughs> that are like, but you don't have a podcast. Well, I know, but it'll come in handy. And then it yeah. did. And also a lot of friends of mine also do audiobook. Hmm. They're audio voice actors, and that's Very how a lot of them got right. through. Have been getting through. They've revved up their their voiceover careers. Um, so the audioscape is going to continue. And there's been a lot of discussions in the theater world about what are the hybrid forms that are now going to come out of having sp spent a year and a half doing audio and with some video productions. But this idea of screen versus live, what right. do the two mean? Those questions have really been asked a lot. And the beginning was podcasting for me. <laughs> sometimes I want to just like slap the headphones off my head and hit stop. Um, <laughs> and sometimes I want to do a little dance like, I got Kato on recording. I got Kato. <laughs> Sorry. Um, just a little kid in a candy store. What I, so there are so many, <laughs> so many things in there that we could pull on with threads to think about. But um, I'm trying to like, okay, so <laughs> because you got me all like self, uh, conscious here, well, let's see if I was a good podcaster, I'd be thinking about what my, what my audience <laughs> benefit from. So one of the things that you mentioned in there was about, um, and maybe I'm just like pulling this out as a, as an arc that you, in what you were mentioning that you're, you are very aware of what other people are doing when you're listening to a podcast, like what did that podcaster do and what was the result? You're very aware of what are all the things that you can do in, in terms of video editing and audio and, and production. Um, and then what's the result? And I'm thinking like, all right, well, can you school us some on if we were podcasters, you know, me or everybody else on the other side of this, if we are podcasters, what are some 
ways that we can begin to, um, do you hear the metaphor about like how do you take a barn down? If you try to do it with a sledgehammer, it's really exhausting. But if you get a crowbar and you, and you start like one board at a time, um, that's probably a giant blog post that I've read somewhere. You, you can like, if you get the first board off, the rest come off. It's just like you repeat the process. Like it's figuring out where to put the crowbar to get the first board off. So I'm thinking if somebody is going, Oh, I, I, how do I level up in terms of listening and learning from what I'm hearing, are there tips that you can think of that would like learn grammar fail, learn my ear, teach my ear, teach me how to be a better consumer of podcasts with an eye toward becoming a better podcaster. Does that make sense? Yes. And I think okay. it's similar to, because <laughs> I hear this question from in playwriting too. It's, and part of it is you begin with, looking at the podcast that you do love to listen to or what, what is the kind of audio you enjoy consuming? So is it audiobooks or, or what is that? And listening to them in a deep way where you stop not. And so it's, you have to kind of separate yourself from there's the content of the podcast or the content of whatever the thing is. And that can be your, that's your beginning point. But the next thing you need to do is start defining the difference between, okay, I was in love with what it had to say versus how did it bring me through and get me to understand what it had to say? And so you're looking at the mechanism, this you're looking at the engine, the mechanism revealed. So how do you then start simply dealing with what the mechanism is separate from the content? Hmm. Um, a lot of times when I'm like in some of these classes, it's difficult for people who are coming new to it to see the difference. They tend to respond to the content versus looking, really looking at the structure because the thing you can learn to do better is the structure. <laughs> the mm. content is something that you're drawn to and people are drawn to it or they're not drawn to it. But that mechanical part is the part you really can start to look at and, and look at how it was put together and look at those rhythms and beats and then ask yourself, okay, if I'm putting together my story that I want to convey, what if I use this as, as a little map and I decide to just take the structure but put my content on a similar structure, what would that look like? And what might that be like? Uh, and that's the way that you can, you can begin practicing that. Uh, so, and it, it's helpful to look at something you're already connected to that someone else has already done that you admire and then mm. take it apart and then just try to take something you're doing and realize, and that's that whole thing. All artists borrow great artists steal. And eventually you'll be great. And at the point where you're stealing, you won't even know that you're stealing. <laughs> kind of, that's part of the secret <laughs> right. of that. You're like, steal it, but you just go, boom, it's already in your pocket because you're so good and rehearsed at that and practiced at that. But the beginning part of that is taking what you're, you're doing and mapping a story on. An example, which is not podcasting related, but it is story related, is of, of doing this kind of mapping is I have decided I've never liked the story Cinderella my whole life. It's always kind of, eh, 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 I get it, but it's, I've never loved Cinderella. But then I realized, oh, wow, you know, Cinderella is kind of like uh, she's got a magic. She's got a magic older person who tells her things and gives her magic. She has magic crystals and she can talk to animals. <laughs> she's kind of like a Jedi Knight. She's kind of the Je it's the Luke Skywalker story. And I decided mm -hmm. I'm now doing a version of Cinderella where I'm taking the, the structure of Star Wars. <laughs> the three act structure that George Lucas created and what the different things are elements. And I'm putting Cinderella in a story that's the same structure. And while it's not a, so it's not the same story. I'm not, 
stealing a story, but I am lifting like the engine I'm putting <laughs> or the, the, the machine of the thing um, to just see what, what happens if I'm purposeful in that kind of thing. But, but it's similar with looking at a podcast you might enjoy or a, an audio production and then looking at how you can take the thing you want to tell and how do you then borrow that little, you can think of it as a map or as the, the underpinnings, the structure of the bones of it. And that's a, that's a place to begin. And it will help you start identifying things on your own after just doing it a few times. You'll be able to start pulling out um, structure options and then you can reconfigure them too. You can like move things around once you start mm. practicing it a little bit, just like you would do if you were trying to learn how to create a screenplay or anything that brings us through time. Cause just like, just like a movie, just like a, or even a book really, but it's longer time because of how you sit with it. All of these story structures that we have are about how do you bring a listener or a viewer through, um, through in a one-time viewing this story through time and how do you use that? I don't know if that made sense, but that's, yes. that's kind of like where you look at it. Like how does time factor into it? Right. Because they're sense. always telling you things about like timing for your podcast, like and people always asking how long should they be? Well, they should be as long as you think you need, but try not to have too much that's extra. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> try to start seeing that and pulling that out because that's when you notice, like, oh, 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 they said that already. Oh, or oh, why, why are they still? Yeah. Why am I listening to this part? Yeah, and then you notice yeah. you then you're reminded, like, oh, I just spent twenty minutes on. That. <laughs> it is kind of like the same thing in a play. You don't want to let people lift out of it long enough to realize, oh, I'm I'm watching a play. What am I what's doing Thursday? later? Yeah, what's for dinner? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm torn between taking notes about all the things I should change about my podcasts and trying to continue the conversation. Um, maybe what I'll just do in on this one is just delete my track entirely, so it'll just be Cato giving us. Laying down the words. Um, I don't know. Your track though looks pretty great as I'm looking at the signature of it. <laughs> you got a great setup there. As I'm, I'm like, oh, what a great sound wave that is. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Well, see, I got I got no content, so I'm just using the engine. That's all I can do is get the technique right, <laughs> get the technical stuff down. Uh, no, in all seriousness, um, I'm just trying to think if there's any one like a small thing that I can pull out of all that awesomeness to try and. But I got I got nothing. I'm completely swamped. I need to go listen to all that again at ninety percent speed. Um, yeah, I don't know what's what's a piece of advice that you have heard given to podcasters that's completely wrong. Well, what an interesting question. <laughs> I am <to> confused. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's completely wrong. Uh, yeah, you know, I think it's just the standard things of, you know, you hear all the different things about what is the, uh, I think most of it's the advice though, about when it's ever like, not about, uh, the, the listener, why is the person listening and why are you telling it when they, when they're getting around, skirting around really getting somebody to understand why they're making their podcast and getting them to articulate it. It's when they're doing all the other things about the, the marketing or the, how you do the whatever mm-hmm. and the stories on Instagram and here's how you promote it. Um, that 
that whole part of it is so disheartening. I guess it's, so. I don't know that it's about wrong, but it's when when they are looking at it as this way of either marketing or instead of you know what's the thing you love and what is your why because the pot as everybody famously says you know podcasting isn't going to make you any money so here's so i've learned how to do podcasts and i'm really good at theater <laughs> you think famous for not making any Whoops. money <laughs> um, so uh yeah yeah or people who just think the podcast is really going to be they're just going to get all kinds of listeners and i listen to people no, you, and then they're discouraged after they've done, been doing it a couple months and they're not getting listeners. And, and it tends to be like this, this idea of you're trying to let me know about your content and you're trying to get me to press play, but that's not going to get me to press play the second time. If I'm not hearing something that I'm interested in or, and if there's all kinds of audio problems, I'm, even if I am interested in it, I'm usually going to get pretty frustrated pretty fast. And uh, so part of what I would I love putting forward is this idea of championing, a culture of championing. Because what gets me to listen to a podcast isn't you telling me to listen to your podcast. It's somebody <laughs> else telling me, oh, did you hear this? And yeah. giving you a reason why. Or when people only post like, here's my podcast, listen to it. But they don't have a they haven't tailored their their introduction to wherever they are posting that in particular. Like so if it's on a particular message board and it's one where we have personal connections, they use, you know, hey, I I've been working on this. I am excited about this because here's why I'm hoping you'll give it a listen. And then when you're maybe putting it on other things that have more of a are depersonalized or, or things where it needs to be a little more businessy here's a thing that will give you five ways to right. blah, 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 whatever those things are, but to change that interaction, because it's not, I get it. They get it glumped up with marketing. They think they have to market it, but what they need to do is make connections with people wherever they're telling you about it, because that's what the podcast is for, right? The podcast is about making connections with people. Even if it's only you on a microphone, you are still trying to connect your message to that listener, that one listener. And they forget that. They think it's, you're going to be so dazzled by my message. And, <laughs> but they're failing to then connect outside of that click idea and, and really interact with people. Because the whole beauty of it is interaction, eventually. A click is an interaction. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the part. So championing others because that's what will also help you buy the street credibility. I will consider you credible if you have recommended a couple things and I've clicked and gone, "Oh wow, this really is great." Oh, how did I miss and that? And then, right. I, "Oh wow, that was an important thing to hear right now." You are right, that is of this moment. And then I hmm. find out that you also, "Oh, you've got a podcast? I'll check it out." Because hmm. I understand that I can So you can use other people's things and then other people are always happy that you share their stuff. And and then you can, you you build credibility through that, um, and I think that part gets missed out on. That you being a champion of others enables you to make better work, and it enables you to get your work to the people who might appreciate it. 
but you you build all of that by championing others and, and making that part of your mission. Like I know that that's part of my big mission statement. In fact, if I if if I were to write a self help kind of book or one of those, you know, those I don't even know what the category is. It's not self help. You know what I mean? Like big idea. <laughs> those yeah, the big idea section of the stories. It would be about um, creating and maintaining a culture of championing and championing others it because it does all it does all it makes you feel good it makes you it also eventually makes you look good i'm hoping that's not the only reason you're doing it but even if it is it's a beginning place and then right. once you start practicing though you do start feeling good so even if your beginning place is first that kind of more self selfish reason once you start practicing and really doing it you're just going to get into that and it's going to feel so good uh that that you continue doing it and incorporate it into into how you build your work and then that invites the kind of people you want to talk to on your yeah, podcast. It becomes a self self feeding upward spiral. <laughs> cool. I think so. I I find that in the arts community over and over again. Cool. All right, Cato. Um, yeah, I mean, we could probably talk for hours, but I don't know. Like I think, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm super excited that we got a chance to talk, and I know everybody will find that as useful as I did. So thanks for taking the time. You're welcome, Craig. It's so good to sit with you and do this. I had a lot of fun. Bye. See you later, Craig. <laughs>